Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. you could join us today. And joining us from Sweden is our guest, Anna Boyurid. Anna has a PhD in conflict management and is chair of the family business Polarbrod. She has been an advisor to the Swedish government's Future Commission. She has given TEDx lectures on the dawn of a new economy, and in 2014, she was named among the 15 most influential environmentalists in Sweden. Anna is a musician and filmmaker and has just published her first novel, which started life as a screenplay, which won several awards in Sweden. The book is titled Integrity. It is a love story that explores the interconnectedness of human life, delving deeply into the choices and emotions of a woman trying to change the world and a man trying to change with her. Welcome, Anna. I'm so pleased you could be with us. Hello, Miriam. This is Anna. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, you know, Anna, I'm wondering, in the description of the book that I gave, A Woman Trying to Change the World, how much of you is in the book? Because if anyone fits that description, it's you. Well, thank you. Um, I take that as a compliment. Uh, I think I am part of many of the characters in the story, and certainly uh, different aspects of my personality shine through. I think that's that would be uh, <laughs> like to say anything else. Well, you are the chairman of your family's business, which has grown very impressively. Tell us about the business and um, what you have, how you have used it to demonstrate your values. Um, I'm part of the fifth generation at the helm of this company, and it's um, Sweden's third largest bread bakery. Um, and uh, we've been, me and my sister, who are now uh, in the lead for this company, uh, we are both raised in this um, ethos of we, how, how we want the company to be a responsible part of society. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, in addition to our parents' values, we, being younger and raised in an era where we know more about the state of the world, we also added a higher um, ambition for sustainability. Mm -hmm. So that's how we, we pra in practice, we're trying to, in, by 2022, um, 20, we want the company to be fully sustainable. And we started with investing in four wind turbines, for instance, mm -hmm. providing as much electricity as we need in the bakeries. And, and so forth. And we, we have other challenges we work on now, transportation and agriculture, things like that. But it's quite hands-on, actually. I think the balance between writing and also doing is a very um, satisfying um, combination for me. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, it, it, with running a business, uh, how do you actually carve out the time? Um, I, I just, I, I'm not sure about 
how I did it, but um, I just had to write this. I think some of you listeners who have held this this feeling, you know what I'm talking about. It's it's just a calling. Yeah, I I, I had to do it, and uh, it was not entirely something different from my day job because I'm my my daily work at, at Polarbröd is to be an analyst who I look into the future I'm um, corporate strategist you could say mm-hmm. and I, I need to analyze what's going on in the world uh, and to be frank I think I had not delved so deeply into the state of the financial um, uh, system if I hadn't had to do it before because of the uh, of this novel because I found it a little bit boring I preferred to read about the natural I, I had most uh, a quicker understanding of you know the climate mm-hmm. change things like that but but because of the novel I had to to look at into derivatives and things like that and it was very illuminating because I came back as a much better corporate strategist uh, able to tell my co-owners, the family, that uh, this is not going to work in the long run and we need to put our money close to to the ground, produce things that we, in, in a sustainable way that we really need in the future, like electricity from wind turbines, for instance. That is fascinating because our readers are at a bit of a disadvantage not having read the the book, but the book as I said in the introduction, is a love story, but through the vehicle of this love story, it's about uh, two graduate students uh, in the, the field of economics. C- give us a, a little taste of the plot, particularly the the um, uh, points that you're trying to bring out. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, it's, it's about Vera and Peter, who are two very different people. Vera is more like, she's a nurse and raised in a social democratic home in a village in the north of Sweden. And she has this calling. She is um, working as a um, uh, field, in the field of, of uh, what do you call it when you are helping in, in other well, countries? Be, being a, a volunteer. So um, she's a yeah. nurse in Colombia and gets hurt there. Um and he, on, on the other hand, Peter, he's, he's um, born in, in the richest percent of the Swedish economy and uh, heir to a luxury travel business. And he doesn't problematize. Um, could you say that? Uh, well, <laughs> it, it, it obviously should be a word, even, even though it isn't. Um, okay. He doesn't like <laughs> about the problems in the world. Maybe <laughs> Uh, he's just happy-go-lucky and, you know, floating on on the privileges of his life. And when they meet in a, a corridor, in a dorm in in Sweden, um, in northern Sweden, they they find each other quite irritating in the beginning, but also have a lot of a lot to learn from each other. But so, what's interesting is that they're brought together by the the faculty, which is the Faculty of Economics. And they are uh, given a piece of a report to write 
where the faculty expects it to be um, that growth is wonderful and unlimited growth is even better. And they come up with a very different interpretation. And the more they look into it, the more they realize that we are um, heading for disaster unless we change our economic uh, approach to business, to, to corporations, to growth at any price. Mm-hmm. Is that a, an accurate overview? Absolutely, absolutely. And I frequently get this question um, when I think about growth because of um, this view in the book. Um, and I think the, the important question to ask when somebody asks you about growth is, what is it that we want to grow? Mm-hmm. Because certainly there are many things that we want to grow and that can grow uh, from now on too it's it's like you know health uh, literacy renewable power the the good things need to grow uh, renewable power in fact has to grow enormously in order to replace the unsustainable fossil economy so it's not that i'm against growth per se but it's what we need, we need to be, uh, like the theme of the story and the love story also, we need to be more focused on uh, quality and less focused on quantity. And uh, I think going beyond that, um, the current charge to a corporation is to increase the value for its shareholders. And that has been interpreted as um, increasing net profit at any cost. And what uh, we have been seeing in the United States, certainly, and I'm sure in the global economy as well, is that the, um, the, the cost of this unlimited growth is generally borne by the taxpayers of a company of a country who are um, losing out on their on any kind of return from the natural resources that are or from the uh, and bearing the cost of pollution, air pollution, and bearing the cost of mental health and so on and and physical health when workers are not uh, taken care of. So um, what I love about this book is that it um, provides a, a really 360-degree overview of what it means to be sustainable, what it means to um, <laughs> to save the world, what we have to save the world from. Oh, thank you. That was... Um, very heartwarming to hear. <laughs> I, I, I think, I guess that's what I'm, I was trying to achieve all those years and uh, collecting data for the story because everything on the macro level in the story is true. It's documentary. Mm-hmm. The, the love story and the people in it are, are fictional, but, but what happened, the references to, to world economy are, are hundred percent true. You um, were an advisor to the Swedish government's future commission. Um, do you have a sense that they are looking at these matters in a way that, say, the United States is not? Um, 
I don't know. I, I mean, the United States is a huge country and you have plenty of very bright people and with very good values and perspectives, insights. Um, uh, and I do think that the Obama administration is, is uh, doing uh, progressive things. Trying um, to, anyway. Well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I do, I, I think it's a Swedish tradition um, that we try to assume responsibility for the facts. This is the mm -hmm. way the world works. Ah, I see we are coming up to a break, Anna. So I would like to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Anna Boigurid. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. We're talking about her book, Integrity. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Bringing a more conscious lifestyle to your world. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. The number one reason girls drop out of school in sub-Saharan Africa is lack of access to feminine hygiene products. The Pads for School Girls Project, an outreach of Humanity Healing International, is changing this paradigm by setting up sewing programs at schools, teaching girls a vocational skill, while producing the reusable pads that help keep them attending classes. The girls pay it forward by making and giving pad kits to other girls in need. To learn more, visit HumanityHealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Join Elliot Jolish, the business therapist, each Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Elliot Jolish Hour as he interviews business experts on your behalf. And you're invited to email your business questions to questions at ecjgroup.com for answers live on air every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Elliot Jolish Hour. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Bringing you the best of the conscious minds in the world. Ohm Times Radio, your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Guest Anna Boryurid, the author of Integrity, the novel. So, Anna, um, have you written fiction before? Was this your first foray into fiction? Uh, I've written since I was four. Mm -hmm. um, letters and short stories and poems and things like that. And musicals <laughs> in school and things like very, a lot of different things. But this is my first large scale fiction project. <laughs> and large scale it is. It's about what, 600 pages or no, 500, a mere 500. Um, and I read every page because I couldn't put it down. It was very compelling. Uh, and it was interesting to me to to be reading a novel that brings out so many important issues of global concern um, did you uh, consciously decide to write a novel to to change the world, or was it just um, sort of a, a, a happy byproduct? 
Oh, that's a really interesting question because I, um, as you mentioned, I have a PhD in conflict management. And um, quite similarly to that process, I, I didn't um, become a doctoral student in order to to get a PhD. It was rather because I wanted to, to, it was like a calling. I wanted to do this in order to understand the world and try to create solutions that will help people and protect what's good. Um, and uh, I was very tired when I had, uh, when I was finished with that project. And I thought, oh, this was too hard, too much work. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, now I'm, I'm going to stop to try to help save the world. I'm going to just write for the fun of it because I couldn't help writing. And so it started out as a film manuscript. And I, I decided the, the, what would be fun to write. Oh, what about a romantic comedy? So my conscious first uh, decision was rather the opposite, actually, to just um, do something different. But by the time it, I got to see the contours of this project, when it was beginning to, I, when I was finishing it, I, I could see, obviously, that, oh, oh okay, I'm, I'm, I'm at it again, trying <laughs> to save the world. <laughs> and how long did it take you to write? Well, since I have been working uh, in the uh, company, family business, and also had two kids, uh, it's the whole process from the worst, from the first um, writing the first scene um, until finished, you know, a publication, it was 14 years. 14 years. Well, yeah. that is dedication indeed. And it was oh. this calling, much like I described with Vera, that's um, a personal experience the way I describe like she has an antenna uh -huh. in her body uh, that kind of get the she feels what she wants to what she's supposed to do what's what her purpose in life is and that's I have that whenever I'm I don't when I feel when I'm well I have that antenna and and uh, it's, it led me to writing this book so um, Vera, the, the main character, or mm -hmm. one of the two main characters, um, is a, a, a passionate do-gooder. As, as we said, she was a nurse who volunteered in Latin America to um, uh, help uh, communities there and, and actually got caught up in... Uh, some people were trying to, to kill her or something, and she escaped. Um, why... Uh, what kind of conflict was she running away from there? Um, well, that's a complicated one. Um, I don't think I, I actually happen to know one of my classmates in in elementary school. Uh, his father got kidnapped in Colombia, mm. so I was, I was a bit inspired by that story. Oh, um, possibly for ransom. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and also the thing that. I think that there is always a risk. The more you invest from your heart, whatever in whatever um, context, if it's a relationship or if it's hard work, or it's it's always this risk that if something bad happens, you will feel so betrayed because of the the contrast between your what you put in and what what happened. Is, yes, is your so good big. intentions. Yeah, it's like God was not paying attention. It doesn't seem fair. Um, it was interesting that you mentioned the Kogi, 
I read about them years ago, and they keep on cropping up. Tell us who they are. They are an indigenous people from uh, who lives in uh, uh, in the north of Colombia. Uh, it's the world's highest uh, coastal mountain, and it has every uh, what do we call it? climate zone. In, in the world, in a very sh- small area. It's, it's a wonderful place. And they also are unique in the sense that they have managed to preserve their way of life, their, their pre-Columbian, would you call it that? Uh, like they lived be- before the, mm-hmm. the Europeans came to, to uh, the Americas uh, because they, they disappeared up into this mountain. So they are, to this day, living... Um, as they did before in the 1400s. <laughs> yes, but also they they raised their uh, some of their children in darkness for the first years of their lives so that they can attune to the um I guess the 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 universal mind. And periodically they come out with these um, messages to the world and they call the world, uh, the, the other people, little brother, and they're very worried about what we are doing to the planet. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating that you brought that into the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was one of those inexplicable things. Um, I didn't know about the Kugi before I... Um, wrote this story and I just got this feeling one morning that I am supposed to write about somebody called Mama in the South Americas. I don't know why, but I was surf I, I, I surfed the net and I found the Kugi Mamas who are like the shamans of the the, the, the ones you describe who are ra- raised their first years um, in a very controlled environment and who became the spiritual and I think also practical leaders of their communities. And it was like, to this day, I don't know why I had that uh, idea that it's a strange idea to get, you know, somebody called Mama from South America. I thought it was, would be, a, a, you know, a big warm mother. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out to be these uh, shaman leaders. So there's something happening here, I think. I don't know. Like they called me. Uh-huh. Have you had any other... Um unexplained synchronicities in relation to the book? Yes, plenty. Um, I would say the entire structure of the book, um, in the sense that, in in one sense, the structure of the book is very, um, a part of a uh, result of of just study. I read uh, John Truby's Anatomy of, of Story. I think he's a really good, script doctor and just structuring my my wild ideas I had from the from the quite you know when I just wrote for the fun of it I didn't know how to how to write a film script for instance um my screen turned black now can you hear me yes I can hear you just move your mouse you'll be fine okay. <laughs> good amazing that you we can speak all over the Atlantic it, it um, is amazing Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, but then it, what was this special, almost magical synchronicity was that when I finished the novel, um, relying on these um, basic structural uh, lessons from, from just reading how, how, how people do it, 
I also got these patterns showing up to me that I didn't consciously plan. Things that the things that happen in the end of the book, the, the parallels between the, the, the relationship between uh, Vera and Peter, mm-hmm. uh, and also the, how it mirrors uh, global economy relationships in the global economy. That was just fascinating to, to see the pattern before my eyes. I didn't plan it consciously, so that was um, quite an amazing journey. Does does this book? give um, an accurate portrayal of academic uh, life in Sweden? Um, yeah, I oh, think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 it's, it's, not, it's not, you know, typical? documentary. Uh-huh. It's, it's fictional, but, but it's, it's, um, it, it's quite close to my personal experiences. And, and I've heard other academics in Sweden, you know, are, with are that are the young people in Sweden, um, would you say, passionate, uh, becoming more passionate about the environment? Are, are these issues close to their heart? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the young are, are much more awake than older people to the state of the world and, and uh, the changes we need to make. And do you think, uh, I mean, Sweden is is known for its very um, uh, caring government and, and uh, almost social, I guess, socialist uh, style of care for the citizens uh, with, with free health care, free education. Although um, I thought it was amusing, the, the, the picture that... Um, you drew about the quote free health care that you mm-hmm. end up with long waiting lists. Mm-hmm. So uh, every cloud has its or silver lining has its cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I forget where I was going with that. Um, about Sweden. Yeah. I mean, as, as a country, Sweden is very progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, um, hope that Sweden can influence the rest of the world um, because of the way that that it it feels so passionately about these values. Um, I, I I hope so. Um, I hope somebody will move ahead ahead quite fast on the transitions we have to make when we we have to literally rebuild our economy in order to make it sustainable. When you talk uh, about our economy, you're talking about the global economy, aren't you? Yes, exactly. What, all the flows that sustain us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would, maybe you could also call it the real economy, if you, uh, referring to my TED Talk. There is the financial economy, which is an economy of, of um, hope and promises and just money. And, or even well, like just, I, I want to get into. Let's go into this in more depth, but we have to take another break now, and um, we'll get into the meat of this when we come back from uh, break. We're speaking with Anna Borgerid. That's B O R G E R Y D, who is the author of Integrity, and she chose that name for a reason. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The cutting edge of conscious radio. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. 
Are you trying to get from point A to point B and need a little advice? Connect with the counselors at Ohm Times Advisors. Whether you're looking for a life coach or a spiritual intuitive, the advisors participating at advisors.ohmtimes.com were carefully chosen based on their gifts, skills, and professionalism. Ohm Times Advisors, connecting you with the best advisors in the business. Do you want to be a better communicator? Do you want to better connect with the important people in your life? Do you want to enrich your relationships? If so, join me, Matthew Cooper, on the Positive Control System show every Wednesday evening at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Ohm Times Radio. I'll meet you there. Do you have time to read that inspiring book or that blog post you've been meaning to get to? In your busy world, how do you improve yourself and keep your life going? I'm Lisa Kay, and my Between Heaven and Earth radio show can transform your life just by listening. Be uplifted with inspiring topics, positive stories, and ideas that really work. Between Heaven and Earth Radio is conscious living for your soul. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Feed your soul with waves of consciousness on Ohm Times Radio. Miriam Knight speaking with Anna Borjurid, author of Integrity. And Anna, tell us why you chose the name Integrity as your title. Oh, thank you. Um, well, um, it was actually not my choice. The choice um, I had in, in collaboration with my Swedish publisher was Thin Walls. Tunnavega is uh, means means thin walls uh, because of the thin walls between people, or and the thin walls between, you know, the, when we think that we can just pollute or whatever because there are we are protected from the consequences of of what we're doing the the uh, we have we have reached a time when we realize that this is a false premise so that was the idea with the uh, with the title thin walls but it was my british publisher uh, uh, new internationalist who uh, wanted it to be called integrity in english well actually thin walls was a really good name because um there was a thin wall it was just a wall between the rooms of Anna and Peter. And what is interesting is how, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Vera and Peter. And what is interesting is how the misunderstandings arose because of things that were partially heard or misunderstood through mm -hmm. that thin wall. And it's almost a metaphor for the misunderstandings that arise in society by not really listening and, and hearing the full message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. So we were talking about the integrity um, issues, particularly in the financial sector. Uh, give us the flavor of your TED Talk. Mm -hmm. um, it's called uh, The Dawn of a New Economy. And it's um, a quick overview. Um, sometimes it's called the dashboard of the, of the world TED Talk. 
because it's a quick overview of the state of of the planet in terms of of um, it's the social uh, uh, the social state in, and the natural e- economy. Uh, I would say maybe ecology, mm-hmm. uh, most often called ecology, and then the uh, the like the economy of of physical flows, and that these different arenas of the economy have aim the aim like the financial the socially um, constructed financial economy uh, is about growth it, 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 it's built upon uh, it's demanding eternal growth because when we have interest on money you will have in order for that to work you have to have perpetuous growth uh, while the real economy on the other hand which is about physical flows is beginning to stall because we are overextending we have we are we're transgressing a lot of um, limits which is also connected then to the natural economy the the one mm-hmm. that is actually keeping us alive with oxygen and food and things like that and we, we were we, yeah. we've heard that we're already at peak oil and mm-hmm. and we're at peak of many uh, very important minerals mm-hmm yeah. So, well, that that just uh, strengthens what you're saying that we cannot keep on growing because we've already reached at a saturation point, um, and now there's a diminishing of the um, resources. Yes, natural capital, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think are the the most critical issues? Uh, that we need to address urgently. I would, I would repeat the, the, the question: What is it that we want to grow? Mm-hmm. Because if we would get this focus on quality, I think we would be so much better on our way. Um, we would choose, pick and choose. Okay, we want renewable energy to grow. That's where we should invest our money. Uh, we do not want uh, pollution to grow. That we have to. We have to diminish and and make it smaller, whatever the things that are unsustainable. So so that um, just to introduce that uh, discretion, maybe I could call it, between what should grow and what shouldn't, would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think we should introduce. You know, maybe you've heard the the, the concept of externalities mm-hmm. in economy, but. Uh, I think you've read it in the book, probably. I did, but why don't you explain it for our listeners? Yes, it's unpaid externalities are costs that any economic activity um, creates that nobody pays. It's, for instance, when if you if you grow cotton and you use up all the the, the water in the Aral Lake, so it's just sand and salt then the, this is an externality where people who, who made their living on fishing, for instance, um, it, it's just, they lose everything. But it was never included in the price of the cotton. So that is a part of, of that's a, a way, um, mar- it's, it's called market uh, failures. And we need to, it, it's, it's also uh, connected to the name integrity, because if you are, that's why I like the suggestion from from the publisher. If if we are 
in tune with ourselves, if, if we could accept that we are biological beings dependent on a working biosphere, then we can't, on the other hand, build an economy that will uh, undermine this. Mm-hmm. We, will, we need to be in connection, we need to be in harmony with ourselves and, and have this integrity to, to, to um, and, and you know, we can't change being biological, be- biological beings and this, most of the things that we love on this earth is, is of nature. So, so that is the first principle, this needs to be protected and then we can adjust our economy in order not to undermine it. That's the work we have to do. Integrity has these this uh, dual meaning of wholeness that you alluded to, but also of right action. And I think we we have some work to do on both aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. So are, are you hoping that this novel uh, will be able to influence public opinion on sustainability issues? Yes, absolutely. I, I first of all, I hope I just hope to entertain, um, but I also hope that this will be an entertainment with some, you know, value that will last, not just uh, something that you enjoy reading and then put away and nothing changes. I I would like to would like it to provide a value for. To, to help people, even if you're not in, involved in anything has, that has to do with sustainability, it might help you in, you know, a reflection on, on relationships and how, how should we deal with difficult parents or, or, or you know, dependency issues and things that are uh, weaved through the book. Um, I hope to help, to be, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, there, there, there's this wonderful relationship between uh, Vera and her mother and father, where everyone is kind of tiptoeing around the, the family secret that uh-huh. they can't uh, face. Exactly. And uh, did, did, how did you come up with the idea for this? I don't know. It just came to me. Um, I think... I think it's a, I, I, many of the you know the mundane problems can be that we, we that we all have can be very taxing, very emotionally taxing. And I think my story is about trying to help you know have some faith and and and, and what the things that you can't um, that you don't have power over, you shouldn't feel responsible about. For instance, that's a message. That's a message in the book that will maybe liberate you a little bit, so that you that we have we have energy to create better lives and perhaps even help, you know, save the world because we're not burdened by all these things that we have on our shoulders that that we really can't do so much about. Well, I think one could make. The, the case that uh, changing the world um, is also a bit of a, a large uh, chunk to chew off. Yeah, but give me, let me give an, exa- an example. If we tell young women that the most important thing is that they look impossible, you know, plastic surgeon, surgically impossible mm-hmm. and airbrushed and this is, this is your task, and people put so much energy into the impossible instead of liberating to be a real person and do important things in the world 
you, you, I mean, even nobody can save the world by themselves. But if half the half humanity is stuck looking at fashion pictures that are impossible, that's that's not going to help in the in the big real task that we have. Well, I think what you're doing is making a case for um, changing your values, for uh, letting go of things as you you call impossible or or uh, un- unattainable. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, or even not even worth attaining because exactly. they don't really mean anything in the long run. Exactly, and that's also connected to what you said about uh, businesses and the purpose of businesses. Uh, I mean, if you say that the purpose of businesses is to regenerate value for shareholders, um, that might be it, it, that one very big difference is: is it in the short term this year, or is it? in 10, 20, 30, 50 years time. And then it might be much more wisely managed, if you, mm-hmm. even if you have a, you, you know, self-interest, if it's just long-term. So, so um, I don't know why, why I made that connection, but I, I think it's um, similar. Um, I think that's a critical distinction to make because uh, the way Wall Street works is you're always looking at the the, the share price at the next quarter. So it, it, there is every incentive to think short term rather than long term. Exactly. And that's a huge part of the problem. Uh, and would you say that you had the luxury of thinking long term because it's a family business? Yes, absolutely. We're the fifth generation, and we are saying, what do we need to change in order to be able to bake bread for at least another five generations? And you have no outside shareholders? No. Ah, you're very lucky indeed. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> It has its own, you know, it has its sides to, 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 to work with your family all the time, but, but it's mostly upsides. <laughs> right. <laughs> Up and down. But, mm-hmm. you know, bread, bread actually is something that will never go out of fashion. Uh, so it's a good business to be in. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are at our final break. We're speaking with Anna Borgerid uh, about her novel, integrity and about changing the world so stay with us as we'll come back with our last segment the best of holistic spiritual and conscious world om times radio IOM FM. Have you ever wondered how to change your love paradigm? The secret key is finding a love partnership, not just a regular connection. How do you find these? Through conscious relationships. Ascending Hearts Dating is a dating site for people like you that believes in second chances and a different type of spiritual connection. Try Ascending Hearts for free today at ascendinghearts.com and change your love paradigm. Ascending Hearts, the premier dating community for the spiritually awake. This is Terry Van Horn, and I want to invite you to join me for my weekly radio show, Hailing Light, on Ohm Times Radio, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On Hailing Light, 
We want to bring love, light, and blessings into your world. You can find out more about us at www.healinglightonline.com. Blessings. Hello, I'm Miriam Knight of New Consciousness Review, inviting you to my new show where I interview the rising stars of the Conscious Awakening. We'll explore the many faces of consciousness and action and intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Rising Stars Show. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. With Anna Borgurid about her book, Integrity. Anna, tell us, uh, do you have a website? Or I, I understand that you have a blog. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a blog called Wood and, Wood and Blue. Um, and if you look at my name, it will show up. Uh, it's about, it's, sometimes I write in Swedish and sometimes in English. And it's, uh, it's about different, different aspects of, of what kinds of changes we need to make in order to um, live, live and prosper in the long run. Mm-hmm. As, a, as, as a society and as humanity as a whole. Do you think if you weren't Swedish, if you, I know you lived in the UK for a while, uh, you, would you have written the same kind of book? Uh, I lived in, in Fairfax, Virginia for a year. Um, that was when I was a PhD student. Um, it's actually nice. It's a quite interesting story about this. My, my friend Cindy Kite, who translated the novel, she has a she's a she's a political scientist, and she has said after getting to know me through my PhD and um, my dissertation, and my family in Polarbröds, the business and so on. She said this. She says no nation on earth. There's no nation on earth that believes so much in the possibility to and and responsibility to solve any problem than the, than the Swedes. Uh, Why do you think the, that is? And then she said, among the Swedes, no, there are none more so than the people of northern Sweden, where we come from. And among northern Swedes, none more so than Anna and her family. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks that we are ultra-Swedish. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cindy's theory is that we are in a culture, in a country, a nation that has been uh, quite atheistic for a long time. We have not. We're not uh, so much. Uh, we are not so religious, and therefore, but we are very rational, and we try to take care of everyone in society. So when there is no God that can k- come in and fix everything, we need to do it ourselves. That's her theory, and I think it, there might be some truth to it. Um, although, of course, there are believing people in Sweden, but the culture is our culture is very. We, we we want to be respons- responsible. We need to 
to take care of the things that we can that we that we well what, what happens in the world is is up to us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you think that the other scandinavian countries um have a similar cultural orientation yes i think so i think it's it's a nordic thing yeah mm -hmm. and for the same reasons that yeah that But, but actually, Cindy is quite an expert. She studied uh, political culture in, in Scandinavia. And she said this thing that no nation on earth uh, believes so much in this possibility, uh, like the Swedes. So I think she her um, her judgment is that oh, even though the Norwegians, for instance, and the Danes are also have this orientation, she, she, she thinks that we are most outliers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I think that uh, it's a good thing that the Swedes are getting out there like you and actually um, reaching into the global consciousness through your writing. Uh, have, have there been other Swedes who have had similar um, passions? Absolutely. We have for, within them, uh, in, in, in science, we have two uh, professors who are world-renowned for their efforts in this direction. Johan Rockström, who is the um, father of the planetary boundaries concept, is Swede. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, Carl-Henrik Robert, who is the founder of the natural step, who, which is a way of systematically moving towards full sustainability by defining what full sustainability is, and then Uh, backcasting from that future in the fully sustainable future for instance we will not uh, use fossil fuels so then we have to strategically move our business or municipality or whatever entity that we control so that it will pro can provide itself with with the goods and services it needs in a sustainable future so these are two examples of, of people acting exactly in this matter in this uh, vein I didn't understand what the first person you mentioned, what, what was his work about? Um, it's, it's, he's coordinating, it's, it's an uh, international research project with people from different countries. And they have published in Nature, for instance, uh, uh, the state of the world in terms of what, what are the planetary biophysical, biophysical boundaries and, and what is the state of the world? How are we currently in relation to these uh, boundaries? Um, I suppose if you, if you don't know what the boundaries are, you don't, you, you're not able to plan for when you reach them. Exactly. And he's also warning, warning us about uh, future tipping points. Because right. the biosphere is very resilient. It can, it's buffering our emissions. But that doesn't mean that it will be able to continue to buffer like this forever. Mm -hmm. So he's, you know, in, on a scientific basis out there missioning about we need to be careful now. Because like, for instance, with the climate, we don't know at what degree of how much war more warm much warmer world we will have where the tipping points will you know right. in and, and things like the permafrost will melt and, and methane from the tundras and things like that so yeah so so these are are real um accomplishments in the global arena from swedes um what do you hope that people oh are you working on a sequel by the way 
I have some ideas, but they are still in my head. <laughs> but yet <laughs> don't share them with us. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they're like friends who are still with me, the characters. We're well, we'll we'll wait for another 14 years, I guess. <laughs> well, we'll see. So um what is your fondest hope for this book? What would you like people to take away from it? I would like them to feel empowered. Um, first entertained, yeah, but but in the long, like for a long time empowered through insights that these are the things that are important for real. Other things we can leave aside, but this is what's really worth fighting for. Well, certainly the future of the planet is worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and also, um, I would say that people who are passionate about changing the world, um, certainly through the pages of your book, need to put themselves back into the equation, need to be kinder to themselves, because if they deplete themselves, then they don't have any energy left to keep on doing the good work. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. To be, to be kind to oneself and then to have the power to be kind to, to other people and the world. And how are you kind to yourself, Anna? Well, by doing what I love, uh, for starters, um, I, I feel so um, happy and blessed to be able to, to do this work and try to uh, move in the right direction um, with, my comp- with our company and my book. And um, whenever I'm, you know, I have a speaking opportunity and things like that and to connect with other people who, who have realized the same things and to try to be a part of a social tipping point that will be hopefully well ahead of any disastrous biophysical tipping points and we will together be able to actually save if not the world then at least civilization and humanity because that's one one thing i think we need to remember the planet will always be here Yes. <laughs> uh, it's not about saving the planet. Uh, it's actually about saving ourselves and our children. Yeah, yeah. I have this image of, of um, I don't know, a, a, an animal swatting away flies or you know, diving into the, under the water so that it can get the dirt off. If, if the, the planet starts shaking and, and flooding, um, I think we should pay attention. Absolutely. That's so true. So, Anna, if people, if somebody wanted to invite you to speak, uh, where, where can they hear your TED Talk? Uh, it's out there on the TEDx and, and YouTube. You just put in my name, A-N-N-A-B-O-R-G-E-R-Y-D. Mm-hmm. And you'll find there's only one person in the world with that name because it's quite an unusual uh-huh. <laughs> name. So you, you will find my work there. Uh, and um, it's also possible to con- contact me through on my um, uh, blog. So uh, I'm here. Okay. So, so uh, is your blog annaborgery.com or? Uh, no, I'm not sure. Let me just. Uh, it, I, I see something that's 
anabordurid.tumblr.com. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. right. And there's just, there's no dot between Anna and Bordurid. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, integrity. It's all up to us. And uh, if you want to get inspired um, and entertained at the same time, get Anna's book, Integrity, Anna Borgurid. And I want to thank you, Anna, so much for being with us today. It's been a delight speaking with you. Thank you, Miriam. Likewise. And I hope you'll join us next week when we'll be back with more guests talking about more interesting and important issues. In the meantime, visit my website, ncreview.com, for New Consciousness Review, where we have lots of archives and reviews and our digital magazine. So until next week, I'm Miriam Knight. Thanks for listening. God bless.